time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. It's August 1945. The last grimy pages of a dirty, torn book of war. The place is the Philippine Islands. The men are what's left of a platoon of American infantry whose dulled and tired eyes set deep in dulled and tired faces can now look toward a miracle. That moment when the nightmare appears to be coming to an end. But they've got one more battle to fight. And in a moment, we'll observe that battle. August 1945, Philippine Islands. But in reality, it's high noon in the Twilight Zone. Episode number 80 of the Twilight Zone. We're up to 80, Sean. Can you believe it? It's a milestone, man. And uh, it, it's a it's a great episode. It's a quality of mercy. And it's extremely haunting for for one big reason. <laughs> uh, Dean Stockwell is actually young. I like did not know that was Dean Stockwell. And then I was looking at the wiki page. And uh, I was like, that guy looks familiar. And... I- Dean Stockwell, like that name sounds familiar, and I like it, it's the it's Sam, right? Sam from uh, Quantum Leap, or no, Al, Al from Quantum oh, Leap, Al yeah, Quantum, yeah, Sam, uh, and uh, uh, Cavill from Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And of course, some guy named Leonard Nimoy. He uh, Leonard Nimoy is in this one, but he doesn't actually do a whole lot. Nothing, almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, he literally all he does is sit there and be recognizable as London. <laughs> like that's that's his only role. He, even though you know, at, at the time he was he was more of a of a, you know he was early in his career more of a character actor. Um, yeah. In uh, in in you know things like the Twilight Zone and Mission Impossible, but um, it literally. It's like this episode was made just so that people years later could be like, hey, hey, it could be like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, Spock in the back. Yeah, the um, I imagine he got on set and he was originally supposed to, uh, you know, play uh, um, the lieutenants. Um, but he's like, you know what? Just just make Stockwell do it today. I don't I don't want to do this. Uh, there There is one thing that's uh, uh, always I've always been slightly uh, conflicted on this one. Uh-huh. It's that the sergeant, I think, I think it's, it's a sergeant. Uh, let me, let me look it up here and see if this is the guy. Uh, yeah, it actually is. It's uh, Albert Salmi. And yeah. Albert Salmi is in a couple other episodes. Okay. And I've only seen him in, in, in the twilight zone. I, obviously he did, he did other things in his in his career, but I've yeah. I've only seen him in the Twilight Zone, or at least I only remember seeing him in, in the Twilight Zone. And in that in that particular episode, he was literally the most annoying human being on the face of the planet. <laughs> like the episode wasn't about him being the most annoying per, uh, person on the planet. He just was like he just had that quality. Yeah, in, in that episode, and it's it's of late. I dream of Cliffordville. I think. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's about an old guy who like is going back in time. So most of the time, most of the episode, he's old, and they they weren't quite as good as at aging people. You know, like with makeup and and stuff in in 1961 or 62, whenever, uh, whenever that particular episode would have been made. Yeah, and it just I mean, it's just painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm looking at his. Uh... 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at. It. Oh my god, it almost looks like the uh, eye of the, one of the eye of the beholder masks. Yeah, it, it's really bad, and it, that's. Uh, I also again had a, a Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, hey, hey <laughs> because I was like, oh, I that's the that's the guy from uh, of late. I dream of Cliffordville. I'm like, <laughs> but all I can think of is how annoyed I was at how bad like the makeup and everything was when he was supposed to be old. But in this one, he's actually a, a, a decent person. And so um, I, was, I was somewhat conflicted by that. I might need to uh, might need to uh, be a total bummer um, because if memory serves. So two weeks ago, we talked about Stanley Adams, um, yeah. who uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to bring this in. I'm going to regret it after, right after I say it. But uh, he uh, shot himself in the head because he was depressed due to chronic back pain. Oh, and wow. then Albert Salmi, he killed his wife and then killed himself. Oh, well, that, that, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. And I regret saying that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, like, what are the chances in two episodes featured like two players, uh, two actors pretty prominently that that both happened to? Uh, there was another episode we did where. The actor had actually just, I, I forget who it even was, had died just recently, but he had been in jail. Oh, yeah, that's that right. Oh, he killed somebody. It was, oh, God. I want to say it was like in the, uh, will the real Martian please stand up or something like that. Anyway, I remember. Yeah. It was. yeah. Uh, I think that was the other guy who had really bad makeup to make him look old. Um, so. Anyway, back to this actual episode. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're following a uh, a group of soldiers uh, in World War II, and um, you know it, it's it's basically the very end of World War II. Like uh, they, um, you know, they, they're basically stuck outside of this you know enemy encampment. It's being shelled from afar, and basically at the beginning. They're sort of discussing whether or not they're going to attack it. And, and um, uh, you know, the sergeant says, you know, we, we could just bypass this. And, you know, it looks like they're all ready to do that until Lieutenant Cattell shows up. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is Dean Stockwell. <laughs> and, you know, you can tell, it, at least, you know, I'm not sure if it's ever explicitly said, but he, see, he seems to be the new guy here. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, it's like in Band of Brothers when uh, Tom Hanks' son shows up and he's like the guy who's fresh out of West Point and, and he wants to he wants to go punch out some Nazis and everybody else yeah. is just like, you know what? We've been punching out Nazis for a while. We'd really just kind of like to sit this one out. Man, I haven't thought about Band of Brothers in years. Yeah, it's basically the same thing, except in that case, like like Tom Hanks' son, Colin, I, Colin he's, he's actually an established <laughs> actor in his own right. So he does, uh, Colin Hanks. Um, you know, Donald he, Sutherland's more, son. Yeah, he, he's more uh, he's more nice about it. Like, it, it's just, you know, hey, he's a new guy trying to prove himself. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, trying to make it's a not name. like this, this guy where he's just a, just a jerk. No. Um, so they're all ready to sit this one out and like bypass whatever whatever encampment this is, and and their new lieutenant is like, no, we got to go in there and, and kill Japanese as soon as we can. Let, let's kill as many of them as we can. Blah blah blah. And uh, he, he says, uh, you know, first war, first day of the war, last day of the war, we're supposed to kill kill the enemy, right? Right. 
And uh, as long as, uh, you know, right about the time that uh, that he says this, he drops his binoculars. There's like a change in the lighting and they 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 pan up and uh, it turns out Dean Stockwell should probably be canceled because he was, <laughs> he was once uh, dressed as an Asian. <laughs> Man, these I know it's the 60s, uh, the early 60s at that, but. Man, these portrayals of Japanese soldiers is problematic. Well, first of all, like having him, yeah, you know, and they don't really do a whole lot, like because they want you. I, I, I think at least they, they want you to be able to recognize that it's the same guy, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. But they, but they do actually make him look Asian. Which they do they? they which, it's you, it's very subtle. Yeah, which which you couldn't do now, even though it's subtle. You you definitely couldn't do that now. Apparently, you could do that all the way. I wonder how how close this is to uh, Andy Andy Rooney, Mickey Rooney, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, probably pretty close. Yeah. Um. So he basically, and, and I the the thing that I love about this is he sees that he's surrounded by Japanese uh, soldiers. And just beelines for the Americans, <laughs> and he and he ends up, uh, he, ends up he ends up uh, like like the Americans start shooting at him, and like the, his commanding officer thinks, "Oh, that's so heroic! You just ran right at the Americans." <laughs> um, but but really, he was just trying to. He, he didn't know what was going on, and he was he was trying to get home, and um, so eventually the. It turns out that basically he's been transported mysteriously in Twilight Zone fashion to the beginning of the war when the Japanese were, you know, right, the offensive against the Americans, doing a little bit better, doing just a little bit better than they than they than they are, and um, you know they're getting ready to attack Americans who are entrenched in, in what looks to be the same cave or whatever it is, right. Um, and so obviously this guy doesn't want to do that. Uh, so he starts talking to the uh, talking to his commanding officer. The commanding officer basically gives him exactly the same speech yeah. that he gave to his people and, you know, word for word. And by the way, I don't know who the actor was that they got to play the commanding Japanese officer. But to your earlier point, I had a. I had a larger problem with him than I did Dean Sackwell. It's like a a Dr. Seuss cartoon of a Japanese soldier. I know. The the actor's name, Dale Ishimoto. Oh, yeah. Like, I I totally see see an Asian actor at the time being being named Dale. Dale. (laughs) (laughs) That George Takai is named George. Oh, true. You know, I never thought of that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, basically the same thing, probably. And um, so he gives him literally word for word the exact same speech. Right. Uh, you know, it says first day of the war, last day of the war. It's it's our it's our job to kill the enemy. You got to keep killing him until you're told not to. Yeah, and and about that time, the lighting changes again, and hey, he's back with the Americans. Do you think that – so there's a pretty long protracted like – I mean um, Stockwell just kind of says the same thing back to uh, his sergeant yeah. over and over again like they're men, they're men. Do you think he's – is he making that argument to his sergeant to not attack them, basically slaughter them um, because they're fellow human beings and he's learned his lesson or they're Americans and they're 
his his compatriots? That's a really good question. Um, and the ending doesn't really resolve that. No. Because rather than him, you know, so, so, you know, not to get too ahead of ourselves, for people who for some reason are listening to this but haven't seen <laughs> it, I don't know why, but we're glad you're here anyway. Uh, so when he gets back, basically immediately you found out, find out, hey, they just dropped this new type of uh, bomb and the war is going to be over. So we're just going to wait and see what happens yeah. rather than attacking right now. So the, the decision is basically taken away from the lieutenant. Yeah. I mean, and, I think I think the episode wants us to believe that, you know, he he has a greater sense of humanity and he doesn't want his Japanese sergeant to kill those men because they're men, not Americans. But I don't know. You know, you're right that they're, it, it is kind of left open. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if, if that was kind of intentional, too. Like they didn't want to beat you over the head with, oh, now he learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> No, he, we don't know if he did or not because <laughs> you know the uh, they 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 dropped the big one twice and uh, d- now there's now there's no war anymore. Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I do, um, you know, I I do, uh, yeah. I mean, you like to think he learned his lesson. I I would imagine so. I I you know I'm I'm really I, I think I'm digging for something where there's nothing, but uh, that that kind of that kind of hit me while I was kind of, while the episode was winding down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Because um, I guess at the end he does say like, um, his, his American Sergeant says like, don't worry, there'll be other people to kill. You know, there's going to be another war soon, I'm sure. And then he says, I hope yeah. not. So. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's a good point. He did. He does, you know, even though he's not the one that makes the decision not to attack, it, it's because they, right. they drip. They just bombed uh, Hiroshima, and so now they're going to wait and see what happens. By the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> the, the Japanese kept fighting after that. Yeah. In fact, isn't there a story about like a, an isolated island where the Japanese soldiers didn't know the war was over and like it was like 1952 or uh, something like that? No, no, no. no. It, it's, it's worse than that. Uh, there, there was a – I'm not sure if it was an island or just like an isolated jungle. Yeah. Uh, there was a soldier that was uh, still like guarding his post uh, in 1973. Holy crap! Uh, that is insane. And, and quite literally, like like some developer or something like ran into him, and you know he like started shooting and everything. Uh, and they literally had to bring in his former commanding officer to tell him, "You're relieved. You you don't have to defend this area." That is insane. <laughs> heck do you know that how did you know it was 73 this is insane oh man i'm gonna be reading about this guy tonight um <laughs> by the way uh, uh breakfast at tiffany's came out basically 10 weeks before this episode premiered wow so, which so is that crazy was like a, that, that was like a, a theme at the time apparently like everybody <laughs> every studio had had their own hey every studio had their own fake asian i mean <laughs> I mean, if Dale Ishimoto did not get that part, they would have just put buck teeth on a white guy. Like, that's all they would have done. I feel like they would have, yeah. And uh, and by the way, I mean, to to the point of after after we dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, the Japanese kept fighting. And then after we, we dropped the second one, there was actually an attempted coup against the emperor when he wanted to surrender to keep fighting. 
I did not so, know that. Like every August when, you know, like there's like the anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima and there'll be like historians who say, oh, yeah. the Japanese were about to surrender anyway. No, they, they didn't surrender after one. And there was, a, there was a bunch of them that didn't want to surrender after two. Yeah. So, and I mean, I would imagine even if, you know, they were about to surrender, there still would have been pockets like, you know, the, the guy from like, 1973. Like, like the guy who's held out until the disco era. <laughs> I mean, I guess that it would be obviously this is impossible if he was in an isolated jungle and he thought World War II was still going on freaking, you know, 30 years later. But um, <laughs> it would be really funny if he was wearing like bell bottoms and he had like a really wide collar and just like, you know, Osmond, Osmond uh, family hair. Yeah, I, since I blew your mind knowing that it was 73, uh, I... <laughs> I, I shouldn't even bring up that I don't know what happened to the guy afterwards. Like, did he live a, a long, happy life? Is he still alive now? Uh, uh, you know, did, did, did he did he really miss the jungle, and so he went back there and 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 uh, and he lived there the, the rest of his life? What happened to him? He uh, he died in Tokyo, Japan, at the age of ninety one, in on January sixteenth, two thousand fourteen. Oh, so pretty recently. He. He was he died during the Obama administration by Obama's second term. He survived the first term of that's how old he was. Wow, that that's that's some, I'm surprised that didn't that didn't make enough news that I actually like would yeah. since I knew the 73 off the top of my head. I'm surprised that that didn't make bigger news that I would have actually known that. Yeah, for sure. He, he died during the second term of President Obama. Oh man, right when he the midterm elections. When he was 17 years old, he went to work for the Tajima Yoko Trading Company in Wuhan. I smell a conspiracy. Wow. <laughs> He's one of Fauci's buddies. Get your horse tranquilizer out. Horse tranquilizer, horse dewormer. I mean, you know, get both. It's a, it's a hard time. So by the way, Sean, uh, so we've talked a little bit about Twilight Zone, the movie from, you know, the 80s. Yeah. And I think that the, the Vic Morrow uh, episode was probably at least... It was. I, I feel like it was a, a conglomeration of of a few different episodes. Yeah. But I think this was definitely in there because, like, at one point, he's on the other side of the Vietnam War. Right. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this when you're watching it, but when he's supposed to be Vietnamese and he's hiding from the Americans, the uh, the American soldiers, um, they're they're like talking amongst themselves, and one of them says. I told you we shouldn't have fragged Niedermeyer. Oh, God. I told you guys we shouldn't have said Lieutenant Niedermeyer. Which is a, an Animal House reference because <laughs> that's the bad guy, you know, the, 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 the bad guy at Animal House. Yeah. And at the end of Animal House, it says he was fragged by his own soldiers. Oh, my God. That is perfect. So, so yeah, that, that's what happened to Niedermeyer. And uh, that, that's always... Uh, <laughs> That's whatever. I, I don't think of the fact that Vic Morrow got uh, got horribly uh, uh, killed di- filming that episode. I always think of the fact that they mentioned Niedermeyer. <laughs> That's the real headline. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Shakespeare, the merchant of Venice. But applicable to any moment in time. To any group of soldiery, to any nation on the face of the earth, or as in this case, to the Twilight Zone. Gabatron?